everybody, and welcome to a new season of the Golden Ranch Fire District podcast. It has been a while since we've done one of these, and if you've noticed right away, you do not hear Josh. Now, normally I did kind of dominate him a little bit, and I'm a little more chatty than he is, but it's not because of that. It's actually because Josh moved on and took a job with a fine organization called South Kitsap up in the Pacific Northwest. So he was able to retire from Golder Ranch and relocate his whole family into an area that he wanted to live. And we're going to definitely miss him. We've already felt it as an organization where we've gone through these things and been like, I don't know how to do that. Josh, Josh used to do that. So luckily he's been accessible and I've made a lot of phone calls to, uh, have him set us straight as he as he changes gears and goes and repots himself and his leadership into a new place. So we're certainly going to miss him. And we took some time to say, well, what are we going to do with this podcast? And really, there was only one person that could possibly fill his shoes. And it was my office mate slash community relations manager slash fantastic human being Amory Braswell, and she's here with go. us today. Yep, here I am. Now you have a lot of different nicknames. You have Annie Mary, yes, Brazzy, yes. Um, I tend to just throw a lot of those out and see what sticks. But what do you like going by? Um, well, my name is Anne Marie. My given name is Anne Marie. <laughs> my mother thanks mom for that. Not right. a lot of people have that name, so I quite enjoy it. Okay, so just like use your actual name. Don't go with all my random. Well, I like your random nicknames. They're very Scott Robb-ish. If you spend time with Scott Robb and you get a nickname, it's fun. And it's usually because I care about you. That's it's right. Not because I hate you. No. If I if I hate you and give you a nickname, you'll probably never hear it. Yeah. So. No, I like I like all the extra names that I have. They're fun. <laughs> I answer to them. They're easy for me to remember. Well, and you've got great energy you've got great experience and background in the fire service because you're actually married to a firefighter right? correct yeah dave is a captain at northwest fire and it's been a fun ride 16 happy years together and that gives you a great perspective to support your job and support firefighters in your community relations field right because you have to so. live and breathe it yeah, I hope so. You know, you, you kind of have a unique perspective when you're the wife or husband of a public safety person. I think probably lots of people can relate to that story or they have their own version of their story. But it's especially unique if you're also serving in a role, you know, as community relations manager, I often will say that I'm sort of like the ambassador for our firefighters yes. or the cheerleader. I'm like the mom at the play telling you what your lines are and helping to sew on your costume. <laughs> and I enjoy it because I like being a champion for folks and not that firefighters need it. Everybody loves firefighters, but makes the job much more fun, enjoyable when I am able to bounce things off a of day occasionally, even though we definitely don't talk about work much at home because we sure. try to leave work at work. But you have that different perspective of, okay, how do you think this is going to go over for our firefighters when they're talking to their families about a particular initiative or a special event or Hopefully, I'm approaching things a little bit more with that personal view and trying to keep in mind our firefighters who are having to live through some of the stuff that we sign them up for. 
on the community relations side, but right. they're always gracious about it. <laughs> well, and that's how you're able to build a great relationship with so many members of our organization is because you interface with the schools and and as it relates to them and bringing them into the schools and all of our extracurricular ancillary stuff, but you also handle all of the really serious stuff too. You handle some of the very difficult calls and uh, you had to handle a lot of things so far during all the COVID challenges, the Bighorn Fire. So you're really a big deal and you manage all of those things really, really well. So how, do, how are you able to balance the all the fun, nice kids stuff and all of our interface with the community and also deal with all of the difficult customers that you have to sometimes? Uh, I think it's a team approach. I feel really comfortable addressing those difficult conversations with residents or community member, business owner, elected official, because I know that if we need to involve other subject matter experts, they're available to me. A perfect example of that would be during the Bighorn Fire. It was you and I, actually, that were on a Zoom with Saddlebrook residents. And I think when we were going through that Zoom and I was trying to keep track of all the people that were on it, I think we were upwards of 400 people at one point. Right. And so it was kind of crazy because, of course, that was prime in the middle of the pandemic and we're still learning how to use Zoom as a relevant way to talk to residents. And And we see the questions piling up more and more and more and like, ooh, I don't know how we're going to get to all of these. But we sorted it out and it was a nice balance of uh, being able to provide comfort and listen to their concerns, give them real-time advice and updates related to what the fire behavior looked like and what the actual risk was for those residents. And thank goodness for them, they weren't at great risk. It looked daunting, it looked scary at night, and it looked a lot closer than it actually was, but they right. didn't have to evacuate, so that was good. But just having having that team behind me that if I needed to escalate something so that we had an operations chief that could chime in and comfort a resident or ask additional questions of that operations chief, I know that, that that's available to me, or the same is true for EMS, um, any of our divisions, really. And so I think that is what makes it that much easier. And I think uh, for as long as I've been talking to people and and trying to learn what their story is and what is important to them and what they value. They just want to be heard. So even some of the more difficult phone calls that I've had to take, that's the takeaway for me is that just spending time with them and really listening to them. Right. There are moments where you're not going to be able to fix it because it's not anything that you can move the needle on. Sure. But they're going through the worst day of their life or they're recalling the worst day of their life. And we played a role in that, of course, from an emergency management response standpoint and just kind of hearing them out. I think more often than not, that goes a long way. Now, (laughs) there are those people that no matter how much time or energy you put into it, they're just really committed to being angry. And that's okay. That's, That's true. They can not absolutely a whole do. lot you can do about that. Right. But with our offices being right next to each other and the walls being more thin, yeah. I get to really, I personally get to hear the magic that you are able to bring in doing exactly what you said, either just listening and being able to empathize with their situation and providing them an outlet. And before you know it, you're usually able to, to turn them around and, and, um, 
that's always been an impressive skill because your whole background is communications, right? Your college, your, right. um, tell us a little bit about that. Your, how you got to this point. Sure. So I went to schools here in Southern Arizona, so I'm a proud, uh, Tucson kid, I guess you could say. Went to Marana Unified Schools growing up, you know, K through 12. And then I, I ended up a lumberjack. So I loved going to NAU. You get that, you get that going away to college feel because you're in snow and pine trees, but you're not that far from family, which was important to me because I'm close to my family. Mm-hmm. And it was an awesome experience. Smaller classes. At the time, it was smaller classes. That was almost 20 years ago. <laughs> not no, to age myself. But uh, yeah, it was amazing. And so uh, I got a degree in communications. With uh, My major was in advertising. My minor was in PR. And lo and behold, I've been using some of that, a lot of that skill set and conventional education and just incorporating that into this crazy world we live in, in public safety. And then also just with the advent of social media and the fast pace that the news covers any event, of oh, course, yeah. and then weaving in emergency management. And uh, it's, a, it's a wild ride, but it's a lot of fun. Well, and you, you did spend some time also in Superior Court, and I think that's where you seem to me you're able to get that real broad perspective outside of the fire service that was on very sensitive information that and how you can't share a lot of things and how there are a lot of legal implications and, and very high-profile events that you were dealing with on that side. Yeah, that was a really cool experience. Um, working for the judicial system for a little bit of time as their community relations person and working actually directly for judges and making sure that their interests um, are being considered. You know, they're the they're the the poor entity, the poor person in the room that's having to weigh what is being presented to them, the facts in a case, et cetera. And they don't really have a voice because they can't. That's how our judicial system is built. But there are a couple of state laws that say that the media can be in a courtroom. And so you, you kind of need an intermediary. And that would be me to make sure that cameras in the courtroom were appropriately positioned and Sometimes you can't take photos of certain parties and more importantly, just making sure there's still transparency because the judicial system does want to be transparent, have transparency with all parties. And so helping to facilitate that. Very, very cool. Um, Got to meet a lot of really smart, interesting, fun people. And unfortunately, got to be a part of a couple of really sad cases as far as just listening and witnessing certain people's stories being told. And so it just gives you greater appreciation, of course, for your life and the position that you're in. But it's a it's a really cool job to have anytime you're able to work either in a branch of government or public safety. You take for granted, I think the average person takes for granted quite a bit. And so having that view of the world and also being in government and being able to be on the side of helping people get to yes. I think sometimes in government we have the reputation for it's not my job. We'll turf it off to this different person. I'll send you to a different extension. Regulating fire code. Yeah. The things that we have to do, but yeah, yeah, no versus yes. And sometimes getting to yes is a lot easier than getting to no. Way more fun. Way more fun and just spending a little time with people and finding out, okay, what is their actual 
need? What is the actual problem? And maybe it's not something that we can resolve, but maybe there's additional resources that if we just spend a little time with them, get on the computer, do a little research, 10 minutes in, you realize, oh, maybe this isn't something for us to resolve, but here's some other options. And they feel so much more empowered to find that resolution for themselves and they haven't been turfed off to another person or department, which I think sometimes happens frequently, or at least, like I said, in government, sometimes we get that reputation for just sort of passing people through. Well, yeah. And what, what you're trying to build here and kind of, as we did some brainstorming of what we wanted to do next with the podcast, that really hits the, our motto of community first is how do we get more engaged in bringing yes or bringing a lot of uh, information to our residents in advance that will help them rather than just catching them on their worst day or catching them in an emergency. What can we do um, kind of that? How can we put ourselves out of business? Because that would be the perfect thing, right? If there were exactly. never any fires, never any emergencies, then then we are, we'd be out of business. Of course, that'll never happen. But how can we minimize all of this stuff by spending more time with our community? And so that was kind of the, the you and I talking, well, what do we do with this podcast? And I thought that was a great approach for this season. And you had mentioned bringing in some of our uh, external stakeholders. So just talk a little bit about that, your, your vision on that. Yeah, I think that especially recently with the past year and a half that we've had with the pandemic and the crazy changes that we've seen with brick and mortar businesses and people working more remotely and the challenges people have faced with online schooling. And I mean, the list goes on and on and everybody has a story because everybody's had to figure out a new way of doing things. I think that we, if we've learned anything, we've learned how much we should hopefully help one another, engage with one another, have community connection so that those difficult things can, we can kind of weather the storm together. Right. Doesn't maybe make it any more fun, but hopefully makes it a little bit easier because you have that sense of community. And I think that you find out that, that public safety, we do a really good job of speaking in acronyms and talking about things that are foreign to other private businesses. But ultimately, I think we have a really similar shared sense of importance as far as what what is the community value? What is our mission? What are we all supposed to be doing? Um, and it's helping people, right? We got to make it better than we found it. And so I think having other people come in from different walks of life and sharing kind of what their organizational missions are, what their focuses are, maybe some new initiatives that they've taken on in light of the pandemic year, maybe, or maybe it was something they were working on prior, we're going to find a lot of areas where there's opportunities for collaboration. Maybe we're already doing that. And if there's opportunities that we haven't seized yet, then this will be a nice catalyst for that, because that's something that we always need to be considering. And just finding that community connection. Um, It's lacking. I feel people are getting a sense that they're alienated, they're at home, they're not able to do a lot of in-person things. And that's a lonely place to live. It's a lonely place to exist. And so if we can provide a little bit more community connection for people in any way, I think that's important. Reminding people what services are out there so that they know that they have the ability to tap those resources 
And, and again, that, that empowerment, giving people the tools and giving them the resources. And, and like Chief Carr has always said, if you don't know who to call, you should call us. Well, let's make that easier. Let's facilitate that as much as possible and have that conversation early and often so that we aren't just meeting them in an emergency. We have that relationship with them in non-emergency settings as well. So I, I think it's, it's going to be fun. We're going to realize that we've got some really powerful people in our community that are doing really great work, and they're probably not good at talking about themselves because generally those are the people, the people doing it aren't really good at telling their stories. But let's give them the opportunity to do that. True. And I think our, um, we've already got a couple people lined up, and we will continue to try it out throughout the year and see see uh, how we can reach our, our community a little better because we have seen an uptick in the in the COVID and who knows what's going to happen that's going to be beyond our control but we can still reach out to our community through this podcast so it's going to be great yeah well great well let's get started then now you guys now the people at home get to know the fabulous Anne-Marie and We'll go forth and conquer.